Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Kicked Back, a home for football fans that want to stay up to date on everything going on in the football world. Join Caroline, Liam, and some special guests along the way as they talk about all the trending news around leagues, players, teams, and much more. Now, all you gotta do is get comfortable and kick back, cause we're about to get started. Episode two of Kicked Back, Caroline Waz Liam in the house, and for everyone listening, uh, Waz is wearing a PSG jersey, which is slightly concerning because he claims to be a United <laughs> fan. So I'm starting to wonder how that's even possible. It's uh, Rabiot jersey. It's, it's not Rabiot. <laughs> it's Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic. Respect on Ibra on the back, so. but the Rabio comment is justified and yeah. that, that's perfect segue into the beginning of this episode. <laughs> uh, Manchester United, obviously having a tough opening match against Brighton two to one loss was what was your initial reaction? Oh, it was just a very lackluster performance. <laughs> it, it was basically more of the same from last season. You kind of went into that game with a little bit of hope and think, Oh, maybe things will be different under 10 hog. And then I think, I think it was the first 17 seconds where Brighton actually almost scored yeah. off kickoff. And I'm like, uh, hopefully this doesn't set the tone of the match, but it didn't. And Brighton, honestly, were just a better team. They were the better football team. And like, I think Lucas said on uh, Sunday League Pundits, he was like, oh, was, uh, was Ten Hag managing Brighton? Like, <laughs> like, like honestly. that's kind of what we wanted from United. But no, uh, Brighton pressed well. They contained possession and pounced on United's mistakes. United just couldn't do anything, honestly. Like maybe a shot here and there, but it was just the same old United from last season. What did you think of Erickson playing striker? Well, that one was kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't mind that too much. Uh, I think I pref- it was better, obviously, when he dropped back later into midfield there in the match. But uh, you had to get creative with Martial injured and Ronaldo on the bench. And <laughs> I, I, maybe Ronaldo's just not fit right now. So, but, go ahead. Sorry, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was about to say my moment of the game was Ten Hag benching Ronaldo, like the baller. That oh, I swear to God, Ronaldo, there was more retention on Cristiano Ronaldo being on the bench <laughs> than Manchester United's play. And his facial expressions. The guy yes. kills me. I love it. Go ahead, Liam. Did you have to get that creative? Like, I just don't, I, I don't I, know. I, like, I just don't know if he had to do that. Like, it just didn't seem necessary to have to play Ericsson as a striker. Like, so apparently Ericsson played striker in Ajax in the youth team, which is like 15 <laughs> years ago. You have talent on this I don't team even know what the point is. Like, yeah, it was very confusing. And the thing is, too. He didn't even play striker. No, like he just dropped the, back. He just dropped back immediately. So like, Fernandez was, was the highest. Bruno guy, like. more like a center forward, kind of a false nine. I, I don't. It, yeah, it kind of felt like that's what they were trying to do. Like they, would, it felt like they were trying to trick Brighton, but in the same sense, they tricked themselves because it was just so unorganized of where guys yeah. were, and I just don't know why. Like I get Ronaldo, like all that stuff's yeah, been yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. You kind of got to send a message, but like. Elanga can play striker. You could probably put Rashford down the middle if you really wanted to. He and used put to somebody, play striker for exactly. A bit. Like even putting Ericsson on the left probably would have been a better idea than having him right down the middle. And then in the second half, when Ronaldo came <laughs> on at the weirdest time, why not just sub him at half time instead yeah, of five know, minutes either. in? You know when teams are really in the dumps and then managers try and do something special, get really mm. creative. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It also doesn't make sense that Rabio right now is the highlight of Manchester United talk. Yeah. I generally don't know why they're interested or linked with them. Like that's that's the last midfielder you should be going for. This is what I mean. It's confusing to what Liam was talking about. And then now when we transition into the Rabio conversation, I feel like Manchester United is just picking at straws right now and saying a Hail Mary 
to any type of solution. Any name. Any rabio of yeah. all midfielders. Like the guy. I, uh, I, I don't know what connection he has to the club. Is he friends with someone? Like, So, so apparently this wasn't as knee jerk as it seemed. Like this was been in the works for a while. Because it's yeah. not because they lost that they're getting him. But also bringing him in like. Is that fixing your Fred and McTominay? No, issue? not at like, all. Yeah, that's that's so. a problem. <laughs> I think the issue can be fixed by just playing Ericsson a little bit deeper. And I, I would have Fred in there too. Like I don't, I, I don't mind Fred. Fred. At least he works hard. McTominay, on the other hand, is a can I can I swear on this pod? Absolutely. Car, fucking shit. <laughs> oh my god. I've never, oh okay. Jesus. Young was growing yeah, up right before god. our eyes. Listen, obviously United failed to sign midfield depth. In the summer, right? yes, which I don't get at all. Like they've been stuck on Dayong for the past thirteen <laughs> weeks. But then to think Rabio is that solution makes no sense. And obviously, a guy that was in the past maybe known for his passing last season, he averaged thirty passes per game and didn't complete more than eighty-two percent of them. It's a scary stat. And he also only completed two point four nine progressive passes, ranking him in the bottom twelve percent in of midfielders in Europe. Like that's. That's scary. Yeah. He's not the solution for United based on those stats. And I know that you can't only use stats to see if a player is going to do in a diff, uh, do well in a different league. But when the guy only has six assists for 129 games in Juventus, I mean, you prob- it, you're put, and, and not only his football skills, but the, the guy's a head case. We know that he's had altercations with Ibrahimovic. Uh, we know this, the situation with his mom as his manager. Is he the solution in Manchester United's no, locker room? No. I mean, is he a solution anywhere on the map? <laughs> Not at all. It's scary. Not at all. Even the Australian, Australian, Austrian striker they were trying to get. Arnautovic. He literally got kicked off of West Ham, essentially, because guys didn't like him. I'm so confused. Stoke didn't like him, and he's played in China for the last two seasons. Now he's in Syria, obviously. I feel like we've seen this before. Like Falcao came in as that veteran striker. That was um, really random. What was the other guy they got from Watford last year? Igola? Igalo. Oh, Gallo. A that's couple it. years ago. He yeah, actually came from China. Yeah, came from yeah. China as well. They must have bad. some kind of link there to China. I don't know what um. they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so Manchester United, China is not the answer in this situation. Right. So the only one that's really worked of the old guys they brought in is, funnily enough, Ibrahimovic. <sighs> like out of all of them, I guess you could say Ronaldo too, but I feel like he's not. He's a bit different because he's still really good, and so is Abraham Rivers. But these these guys, like, it's just so pointless. Like, what some are you si- building some for? Some oh, some he looks so concerned. Yeah, he's just like wow. he's, it is, you see the tr- you know that um, that meme where the person standing yeah. there, there's like the math equations. Oh, That's yeah. how I see Waz right now. I'm just trying to act like you're, you're calling out stuff like Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic wasn't bad at the time. Pogba was like okay at the yeah, time. Yeah, like, like, yeah. they they seem to be pan out fine at first and then they kind of falter and then Schreier Schweinsteiger oh Schweinsteiger yeah, yeah, forgot about yeah, yeah. yeah that's a big one I have this, I have a Schweinsteiger United connection I remember when he went because that was the same was it the same summer as Ibrahimovic or the one after it was they the were, same one actually the same one and it was there was so much hope around the team it's like yeah but these guys are like 35 years old like they're yeah. not young anymore they're not the world class guys they are or it might have been the year before I think it was uh, yeah. in the yeah, same yeah. era or whatever I think it was 10 not 10 it old. was between Van, Van Hall and Mourinho yeah and now oh, I don't know it's well Rabio clearly so I think we can all agree that Rabio doesn't make sense no not at all the only thing this makes sense to do is bring in depth to your team that as essentially it which then Milinkovic Savage is another trending top, uh, topic of conversation for United supporters right now does he come in from Lazio? Eleven goals, eleven assists. I don't think. Season. I don't think they'll sign him. Would he be a great signing for sure? But he probably cost them probably around eighty million. I think sixty million pounds is what it's rumored mm. to be. Maybe I'd closer be, to seventy. Some reports are saying. Uh, but again, better to me, of course, than Rabio. And there's no disrespect to Rabio. That's just the situation. I'm more worried about Rabio from a locker room perspective. I I don't. No, if, if he's just the right solution overall, but Milinkovic Savage, this is a guy that has been mm-hmm. rumored to join United for a while now. And at least he does impressive work at Lazio. And I mean, you can't really say the same about good old Rabio. No. So I don't know, Waz. You guys, <laughs> I, but you know, here saying this, I, I'd like to say this. Yesterday I was on a TikTok live and we were talking with all the football fans to everyone watching from TikTok live. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Uh, I don't think you can look at the first game of a Premier League season or any season for that fact and say this team's going to do horribly 
and it's going to go to, you know, the shitter. I don't think that that is possible. It's game one. Manchester United is dealing with some adversity to say the least, but it's a long season. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And a lot can happen from game one to the end of the Prem. And it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So maybe uh, Manchester United has some solutions under their sleeves. Um, Again, I don't think it's Rabio, but we never know. And I don't think we can sit back as football fans and just assume that Manchester United's going to, you know, shit the bed. On to back of that point. So one season, Bolton beat QPR (laughs) 4-1 to start the season. QPR with a newly promoted team. Bolton hammered him. Gary Cale, great goal. That season... Bolton finished 18th in the Premier League and QPR finished 17th go. on the Aguero goal. Aguero. Oh, wow. That that's, that's, yeah. And Bolton got relegated. So, like, I Manchester United, I don't think you're getting relegated, but no. it's all bright. Could you that, imagine? <laughs> but well, it was, it's, the, the year Leicester uh, City won the Prem. Yeah, Let, let's like, let's talk about, I mean, there were, how much did that one guy win? Millions of dollars who bet on Leicester? Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. I can't remember, but yeah, someone did it. No one at Very the beginning, yeah, no one at the beginning of the season would have assumed that that's who would have won the Prem. And look what happened. So, Waz, <laughs> I think it's a difficult time to be a United fan, but I don't necessarily think we're at a point in time where we can just absolutely write off Manchester United and assume it's that nothing's going to happen. It's been difficult for like a, a year now. Yeah, it happens. A little I'll give you some positive if you want, Waz. Yeah, sure. let's I get thought some the positive. second half was way better. Well, they were a lot <laughs> better. Way better. Yeah, I just... thought when they brought in the fullbacks more into an attacking role, they actually got stuff into the box. Rashford must have had like five chances like the one and then even, he the, squared in front of the keeper yeah the, what, the one where he he was offside but hit it right into Sanchez yeah. like you gotta score that even if you're and offside you've got to have the that, first like, 10 minutes just skied it yeah so. and you gotta have that like momentum there where it's like oh, okay I can score a goal if I want to and even like Fernandez missed that chance like five minutes into the I game know. if he had scored that that would have been a completely different game it's not doom and gloom you guys will be fine I agree it you just got to play a striker. <laughs> I think that's the key. Think we need to Don't play Fred and McTominay. Like I said, I just said it, but like Fred's okay. He can play. He gives you an effort. McTominay. I, I shouldn't go into depth then. I'll be here all day, but yeah. he cannot play for Manchester United. What do you think about Mr. McGuire? I thought he was okay. Like he, everyone he is hates what he him. Is, I, I will be like, honest. I just think it's so difficult when you have no support in front of you. Yeah. Cause you two defensive midfielders in Fred and McTominay just Overcommit to everything, and it's so far up the field that when you get back, it's like okay. I, I, well, I'm actually wondering. I'm actually like, wondering right now: Is Harry Maguire the most hated athlete on the planet I, right now? Definitely in football. There is so much Harry Maguire slander yeah. on on football social it's media. It's him not or even Ronaldo. Normal. It's so unfair. It is unfair. It's so unfair. This he's poor done, guy. He's just not playing well, and like it's even in his post game, he was like. I can't remember the exact quote, but he essentially said like, "How much of a nightmare start to the season this is." He's like, "Is it?" You Bright, it's not like you lost to Fulham, you know. <laughs> Brighton's a good team. I like Brighton. Brighton finished seven points behind Manchester United last season. Yeah, they're a good team. They lost like, some players, but they lost their they lost their two best players. Manager. But they've exactly. Graham Potter's a really good manager. It's not as bad as it seems. Like there's a lot of positives still to take from this. You weren't even fully healthy. Well, I also think that that says a lot about the mo in the locker room. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for your player to be saying that after day one says a lot about how toxic the locker room is yeah. in Manchester United right now. Hmm. And I think at the end of the day, the locker room has way more weight and importance than I think really anything else. Cause if you have a team that's not necessarily as talented uh, on the pitch, but their camaraderie's high and they respect each other and they're working hard together as a unit, they probably will do better than a team like Manchester United right now, who obviously has talent on their squad, but chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, this guy is just episode two maybe by episode yeah. 22 we're going to be saying something different about united I, and Waz will be back in his manchester united jersey i shouldn't <laughs> say this as a Bolton wanderers fan but the premier league's better when united's good yeah it is, it is, yes, better. It is better it's like any sport and now when those big teams aren't as good as they should be it's not as fun like I remember in basketball one year, like the Lakers, the Knicks, and the Celtics didn't make the playoffs, and it wasn't as fun. And now it's like, okay, United need to push and be better so we can see these Manchester derbies. And when Liverpool go to United, it's actually a good game. Yeah, like Arsenal and United get that rivalry back again. Like it's just good. Uh, one last thing I'll just make: 
what the hell is David De Gea doing on that first score? That was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, a lot of people. How did he not get that? And also, I'm pretty sure the second goal was also his fault. He needs to be better for United. I love Liam. Yeah, it's Zart. funny because they also just let go of Dean Henderson. So and, and he was so good. Yes. <laughs> so that's the so thing, good right? For I love it. Uh, Let's move on to opening day performances because there were a lot of big opening day performances across all leagues, basically, mm. with big star players. So it gives us a lot of fun things to talk about. I want to stay on the Prem right now because I want to talk about Manchester City beating West Ham United 2-0 and the two goals that came from Erling Haaland, obviously, in his Premier League debut. Man, is this guy built. Oh, he's going to be so One, good. One, he's built for the Prem. Two, if he can stay healthy, he's going to destroy the Prem with 100%. Kevin De Bruyne. And I'm going to already put in my vote for the Champions League. For Borussia Dortmund in 2020, he scored 85 goals in 88 <laughs> games, averaging 0.96 goals per game. He has the best midfielder in the world behind him. Kevin De Bruyne, after that game, went to bed thanking his lucky stars that he has Haaland on his team. Yeah, no because no matter what way he plays Haaland, if it's a ball over the top, if it's a slotted ball through like we saw against West Ham, if it's a cross Haaland, being the machine he is, has a 0.9... He scored 0.96 goals per game. He, he has a solid chance of getting it in the yeah. back of the net. What a freaking pleasure to watch this guy play. And I get chills talking about it because... I will watch every Man City game this season solely to watch the connection between well, Debrina and Haaland. Even uh, Greg on Sunday League Pundits, our buddy, he's like, you know what? Erling Haaland makes Man City just more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's day one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He definitely so. brings a different dynamic to the team than like the other strikers they've had. Like they probably haven't, had, they haven't had a tall striker like him since Eddie yep. Jekyll. Yeah, probably. They can actually, like attack on the. The thing is, Erling like Haaland, for how tall he is, extremely fast. Yeah, he <laughs> he's is. so uh, athletic. He's, he's so. Like, is this guy even human? <laughs> it's kind of scary to watch when he just puts his head down and he yeah. just bolts away. He's like, as a defender, when you see that, you're like, oh no. He can oh, shoot from anywhere. How am I like, going to stop this guy? You've almost got to foul him. Yeah. <laughs> like, you almost just got to hold him back and just kind of be like, okay, I'll just take the card here. One thing that I thought was super impressive, he's a young guy. How old is Haaland? Oh, I got it right here. He is. Oh, no, 22. I don't. He's 22 Damn years it. old, right? Coming yes. from Borussia, obviously hmm. made his Premier League debut. Gets taken down in the box and he has the confidence to pick the ball up and take it to the penalty <laughs> yeah. kick spot. That to me is so impressive to have the confidence to do that, not only in as a young footballer, but in your Premier League debut to hopefully your first goal is on the line. He did it without any hesitation and absolutely nailed that penalty. That was a textbook perfect penalty. Yeah, like it was no hesitation for him. Like you said, like he knew what he yeah. was wanting to do with it and he put it right in, did his signature celebration. Yeah, I yeah, think that's yeah, a Dragon yeah, Ball Z yeah. thing, right? That's what it I is. don't, maybe, yeah, sure just a calm one. Like I don't that, know, but. This, um, I just, the way he was just able to pounce on that ball and like you almost saw it, you know, okay, goal. Like right. it was just so instinctual. And I don't, there isn't many players not only in the Premier League, in the world, that like when they get the ball in those positions, you're like, okay, this right, is this is going in. And they're just going to be so exciting to watch. And I'm just excited to even, the best part about it is the two wingers are both English. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. good yes, for yes, me. Like, can, <laughs> they can get used to delivering to him. It's like, okay, then Harry Kane's in a World Cup and that'll work through. But I'm excited to watch that front three, like Foden and Grealish. And then like you said, yeah, like Grealish. Grealish. De Bruyne is right yes. there too. And it's just so oh, good. I, I thought the pass was better than the finish oh, for that I, goal. I'll right, be honest. Right like the way he watched. just threaded that, like I don't even know. On like, the second goal, Can yeah. you even blame West Ham's defense on that? Like, no. Like, I, I, like, I don't know. Honestly, Kevin De Bruyne, like Kevin De Bruyne, like watching him, you're almost reminded for me personally that when Canada plays Belgium in the World Cup, you may even need to man mark that guy for a solid well, I nine mean, minutes and shut you him know, down. The best part about, I know this is way ahead, you know, when Canada, Belgium, is you're going to have the two best midfielders in the world yeah. facing off. You stack you and Kevin De Bruyne. So, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> I tell you, man, when stack you plays for Canada, different sauce. You're so funny, Waz. Yeah, no, that that pass, you don't get better than no. that. And, and that's what I'm sa saying. De Bruyne is just in heaven knowing that he has 
has Helen in front of him. Now, Liam and I were saying off the pod, it's just a matter of Helen staying healthy yeah. and staying in, you know, top form to be able to achieve all that. But I'm going to put my hot take in right now. I think Helen's going to win golden boot in the Prem this year. I think he's going to net 26 goals. 26. 26 is a lucky number for me. Last season, Sun and Salah won the golden boot. They split it because they both had 20 goals, uh, 23 goals each. So I think that Helen's going to surpass Liam. that and, and take okay. it. Do you think you can compare Holland to an, a young Wayne Rooney? No. In terms of just the way he scares defenders and no. can just bully past through different. them? I think they're just different players. Yeah? Like different. I, I, okay. think, I think Holland's just a natural goal scorer where Rooney like had a little bit more to it. He's a little bit more edge to his game and mm. stuff like that. I don't know if Holland necessarily has that kind of... <sighs> Let's side to it. I, actually, he does, but not as much, I don't mm. think. Let's also think from a casual football fan's perspective or someone who's just watching highlights on TV. When you see Haaland, you're like, oh my God, I would not want to take this guy on yeah. 1v1. I don't think Rooney had that same um, type of hmm. fear when, yeah. when you'd see him almost. And I, and I say that respectfully because Rooney was unbelievable in his prime. But <clears throat> Haaland, like for example, my husband was watching the City game and he's like, oh my goodness, this guy's <laughs> huge. And I said, yeah, and he's fast and he's agile and he has skills and he's a naturally born finisher. Like he has it, he has it all. It came from the Borussia Dortmund factory. <laughs> Borussia <laughs> Dortmund, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm putting my money on Helen this year. You guys think I'm crazy or what? No. No, I, I think. I, I, I don't think you're crazy. Like I think he'll be right <laughs> up there. I just wonder what other guys are going to be able to do too. Yeah, like, I mean... Like, Tottenham's front three is so good. They scored four goals and Hurricane didn't even get one, I don't yeah. think. And yeah. Like, you know, like, when's he going to start chipping in? I'm in Son. Son's so son, good. Yeah, and even, like, honestly, like, even Ronaldo. Like, if he stays for the full well, season, yeah, like, he's going to compete if, for if, it. If things can shift in United... Salah, Salah's always going to be up so there. Many, like, Maybe Darwin. But I don't know um, how many of those teams, like, Liverpool don't have the same midfield as what City do United yeah. don't Tottenham don't like he's just got like we named the three players right there Grealish Foden oh. De Bruyne and we'd even say Morris <laughs> like, like there's four players right there who's just gonna feed Holland all season long and like Salah almost does it himself most of the yeah. time like Kane's probably closest with the, the talent around him I would say like feeding him mm-hmm uh, I'm pretty sure Grealish doesn't wear shin pads. <laughs> I, I don't they think do, he does. They do, they're about as big as your phone. Honest, I, I, <laughs> yes. I was looking, especially in that game against West Ham United, and I'm looking at his socks, and I'm like, there's no way he has shin pads on. Yeah, that's just a side note. I, I love Jack Grealish. I, I enjoyed wa watching Medville. I love so. Grealish too. Maybe that's why everyone fouls him. Yeah, and he also has the best no hair. Yeah. Great hair. He's got great yeah, hair. Great hair. Yeah, I think we don't give him enough credit <laughs> as football fans. That'll be the next episode. The, <laughs> we'll the whole yeah. hair team. Well, seriously, we'll dissect footballers' appearance. Love it. Uh, quick sidebar, I was impressed with West Ham United first half. I thought that they um, did a pretty good job containing City. Yeah. I think that they clogged up the middle pretty well. I'm pretty sure they high pressed them right off the get and they kind of eliminated that middle lane, which obviously you want to do when you're playing against the best midfielder in the world. That is Kevin De Bruyne. But uh, I think that they, they tried to bounce back a little bit after Hallen's first goal. Um, obviously city being the better team, but West Ham United, I, I wouldn't count, count them out. Maybe uh, another dark horse this season. I didn't know they can push for a Europa league spot yeah. for sure. I think it's between them and Newcastle for mm. kind of pushing the top six. Um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from West Ham because I think they're a better team than what they showed. Like, I agree, like, defensively and structurally, like, yeah. they were really, really good. They were really good. You're, going, you're going up against Manchester City, right? Right, like, but also... Yeah. It changes a little, yeah. yeah. They finished seventh in the Premier League last season. Yeah. It's, they're a good team. And, like, in the second half, you could see they tried to push a bit more, which kind of contradicts my next point, because when they mm. pushed and opened up, that's when City was able to yeah. capitalize. We also it's have the, second goal. the most expensive English player right now in Declan Rice. And, yeah, <laughs> probably the best <laughs> English midfielder right now, to mm -hmm. be honest, in that position. Yeah, I like him. Should I mean, we talk about Fulham? Yeah, let's talk about Fulham. What, what do you want to talk about? It wasn't just nuts. how it was an insane unbelievably game. well they played. I was pretty confident Fulham was going to get relegated this season. <laughs> I think most and people now, have been getting relegated. Yeah, so. but isn't that my first knee jerk reaction? There is no way if they play like this every week, which is going to be extremely difficult. 
There's no way they're going to get relegated. They no. have, they have, uh, they need center backs. That's my thing. Like they need to have better center backs. But Mitrovic was. He was so good. And he wasn't just good as a striker, like finishing, like he obviously got two goals. I know. Um, but he was so good at winning the ball back and playing deep and like running with the ball and just, I guess, just proving everybody well, wrong. Yeah. The thing is with Mitrovic, he's always proven he could do in the championship, but he yes. can never deliver in the Premier League. I think his highest goal total in the Premier League is like 11, maybe yep. when they've been up here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. He had 43 goals in 44 yeah, Champions he's, games he's last something. season. That was the record, so. by the way. And he scored two goals in that game against Liverpool. But for me, like I'm just kind of piggy, piggying back off of Liam's point, it wasn't necessarily just about the goals. He powered through yeah. Liverpool. Like this guy took out Trent, absolutely, <laughs> I don't know, ragdolled Van Dyke a couple times. And, yeah. you know, whether you want to say that that was a penalty or not, in my opinion, Van Dyke's feet got stuck in the mud and he could not move them against Mitrovic. And I think that that says something about Mitrovic's skill and power and, and his ability mm -hmm. as, a, as a striker. I was super impressed with him and just kills me because Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool fans, if they would have won that game, they would have been like, yeah, like we're Liverpool, whatever they all say when they win. But then now that they tied, you know, and obviously Salah to the rescue, uh, it's just like, oh yeah, it's opening day. It's, it, it, you know, it's, it's day one. Yeah. We can't read too much into it, but Fulham did unbelievably well to your point, Liam. I think uh, one thing that definitely played into Fulham's advantage is nobody expected this. Like nobody yeah. expected them to press the way they did and be so aggressive. Like I love that, by the way. Fabinho was invisible. He couldn't do <laughs> yeah. anything at all. And even like um, Robinson on the, where did he play? Left side. He contained Salah so well in the first yep. half. I think eventually like, the fatigue got to him a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. It's so difficult to contain that front three. Um, mostly Diaz and Salah. I don't really like Firmino that much anymore. Like, oh, I just he's kind of past it. I just, I think he's going to be better coming off the bench. Yeah, but Polina in the center of midfield was unbelievable for Fulham. He was so aggressive on the ball. Like he wasn't as good with the ball at his feet and like running with it, but he was really good at tackling. He worked really hard. I thought when he was moving the ball quickly, he was very important to the team. And if I'm a Manchester United fan, I'm honestly pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Fulham can get a guy exactly, like that. That's my he point. Was playing in Portugal. I, th I can't remember what team he was on Porto or Sporting, but if you're Manchester United, you've sat there like, how do we have Fred and McTominay and Fulham? Uh, and I get a question guy who why in Man United can't just scout players like that, like a Paina or like even like a Renato Sanchez and and Ligon, yeah, right? Like because they're crazy. too focused on Rabio. Yeah, for whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess Liverpool's summer signing Darwin Nunes. I thought he played really, really well when he came on. He had a bunch of chances. Like, I'm glad he got the goal to kind of shut everybody up a little bit. Like, yeah, this isn't just a guy they signed off the street. Like, you know, his price tag's heavy, yeah. obviously, 85 million. But at the end of the day, he scored Champions League goals last season. He's already scored two goals this season with the Community Shield on as well. Like, he's going to be an important piece. And I felt like the game definitely changed in Liverpool's favor a little bit more when he came on the field. Like he had a bit of a lazy comeback on one of the Fulham's chances. But besides that, like I thought he was causing a ton of trouble in the Fulham yeah. box and they couldn't really contain him that much. Yeah. The, I think the rivalry kind of that's formed between him and Holland, it's going to be very interesting too. Oh, he, there's been a lot of comparisons between them. And which isn't fair. No, definitely not. He's <laughs> like, coming from the Portuguese league. Holland's coming from Bundesliga. So yeah, it's so different. Uh, Salah though, a lock on yeah. opening day scoring every opening day for six years straight with Liverpool, setting a Premier yeah. League history. So I know everyone calls him the king of Liverpool, but does he start becoming in the conversation, at least present day, as the king of the Prem? On opening day, he does. I, <laughs> like, I mean, but he's also up there by the end. I mean, he won Golden Boot last season. So Yeah, you know, I see he, it. Like, that's my thing, too. I do feel like Salah is somewhat disrespected. In I that agree. Regard. Like, I don't know why people seem to never really give him the credit he deserves. He scores so many goals. I know. I don't get it. Like, yeah. as a winger as well, he's not a striker. And, like, I, I, there's something about Salah that some people just can't seem to give. I don't know. I'm with you, Waz. Yeah. I totally agree because opening day is a lock, but also by the end of the season when he's winning that golden boot, do you sit back as a football fan, not necessarily even a Liverpool fan, and say he's the best guy in the league? Now, that's a tough conversation to have because the Prem has many great players. I think De Bruyne's the best player in the league. Mm -hmm. But from a striker perspective, in consistency, do we ever look at Salah 
and, and wonder if he's the guy. Well, he's, I just pulled it up here. The only time he hasn't scored 20 goals in a league was actually the year Liverpool won the league, yeah. funnily enough, which is quite Which ironic. was also a short yeah. season. Yeah, he, he, uh, he played 34 games that season, which is the fewest he's played in the Premier League. But I forgot my point. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> he's talk- really good. He is. Yes, <laughs> he is. He is unbelievable. Do, are, oh, I remember. Right, you got it. So something to consider for Salah, I think on the second half of the season, he's not going to the World Cup. No, he's not. Because Sadio Mane knocked got him that, out. Knocked yeah. him out. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see after the World Cup, even with Holland, like those guys are going to be so rested. Like I, I think something to consider on that end is like even teams are going to the World Cup, like teams that aren't going to make it far that are like just playing for a couple of weeks, you oh, know? It's a and oh, yeah. you got like a massive break and then you get back and you get all these hopefully England players yeah. who go far and like the French, Brazil, whatever it is. And he's like, okay, well, these guys have just played a month straight whilst half our team just sat on the beach and waited for, right. and watched it on the telly. Like it's <laughs> something, something interesting to think about. Like I might do a little bit of research and just see like, what teams are going to be affected the most by this? Like who's going, who's not going like, yeah, let us know, Liam. I'm wondering from a player perspective Hmm. for me, when I played, I would always rather be busier and playing more than more rested because I felt like when I had some time off, uh, I'd lose stamina. I'd lose a touch on the ball. It's hard to stay in that top form when you're not playing. However, the guys going to Qatar are going to be dealing with the pressure of a world cup time change, uh, international football, which we know is a different beast than, than club football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how the World Cup plays out and yeah. how it affects club soccer or football. And we literally have no idea because this has yeah. never happened before. Yes. Yeah. This is be so excited. The only comparison we really have is like the African Cup of Nations. But even then, like it's such a small sample size of players coming back to the Premier yeah. League or wherever like it's so hard to tell but like it's something to consider like when these teams come back it's like okay well well even around that time you usually kind of have like FA Cup like the FA, or I think the Premier League like you have the Boxing Day yeah special, like well like, they come back on Boxing yeah right yeah. so know, it's gonna be it's gonna hmm. be tough I okay. think for these teams there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Anything else on the Prem? Yes. Okay, let's hit it with Newcastle. United. <laughs> oh my goodness. This was unbelievable. I've, I've, I haven't watched Newcastle for a while because... Well, I, watched them I heard they're very fun to watch. Towards the end yeah. of last season, they were better, but they've never been what they were on Saturday. And Can you tell us why, Liam? They were just... Every time Forrest got the ball, there was literally nothing for them to do. Mm-hmm. Like There was no option. Like Newcastle were there immediately to just dispossess them and... It just seems to have chance after chance after yeah. chance. It was unbelievable to watch. Like St. Maximum was incredible. Like he was so exciting. It's a Gucci headband, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just, it, I felt kind of bad for Nottingham Forest. It almost felt like they had a bit of stage fright. When Jesse Lingard got the ball, he was trying to create stuff and like he was able to do a little bit, but they just had nobody who was able to help him out. And it just seemed like... Just seemed like whenever they did attempt something, it was just immediately gobbled up by 
by uh, Newcastle. And Dean Henderson, funnily enough, was really good as well. Like it was only two nothing. And if you get a chance, like go check out Newcastle's first goal. It was like a twenty five yard scream. Was it from Fabian Shaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right into the top corner, and that's what it took to beat him. And even like their second goal was a really nice goal from Callum Wilson. He like cross come across and then he just kind of dinked it right over Henderson. Like it took two really good goals to beat him. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I think that Newcastle are going to push hard for champions league this year. Now you I never think, know. I don't think they'll get there, but I think they're likely the team that finishes sixth or seventh. Okay. And it's going to be interesting. Like even Chelsea on the first day, they were so, so boring. Like Oh, so they, boring. They made Everton look like a decent team, which they might be <laughs> if they can get a striker too. Like missing Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Everton is tough, but like they defended really well. Like in the first half, Chelsea had like 15 corners and that's not even an exaggeration. Like I legit think it was 15 and it was just nothing there for them. Like they just couldn't create anything. Uh, Sterling was probably their best player. Like he was the only one like making runs and all that stuff. And they just sold Timo Werner. So that's another striker that hasn't worked out for Thomas Tuchel. Lu- uh, Lukaku, like yeah, Lukaku. he didn't want Tammy Abraham. And he's like, okay, well, what are you doing then? Like who's scoring your goals? Because you just don't want to play with a striker. And at one it's point, strange. you just have to look at the manager and be like, okay, like we have enough talent on this team to compete for the league but you don't want to find somebody who's going to score goals. And also Mason Mount, I didn't even know he was playing until he was subbed. So <laughs> I, I like, I like Kukurea, Kukurea when he played. He was good. Yeah. I thought uh, Koulibaly and Thiago Silva were really fun to watch. Like they were just so, they just shut everything down that came to mm-hmm. them. And granted, like Everton didn't have many threats going forward. Like I said, like Calvert-Lewin was out and that's going to be huge for them until they find somebody. But James Tarkovsky was really good for Everton. I thought good signing from Burnley and like, Everton might be okay this season. They might scave off relegation if they can find someone to score them goals, which is an if. Like, Calvert-Lewin will do it. He's just injured. Hmm. So we'll see what happens with them. But, like, Chelsea's got to figure it out. United's got to figure it out. Uh, and everyone I, go watch Newcastle when you have a chance. Yes, I would highly <laughs> recommend. I think they even play Brighton this week. So oh, that'll be a good game, hopefully. Good also, Aston Villa's got to figure it out, too. Yes, like, yeah, 100%. Because they lost Bournemouth some Liam, by pumping um, Newcastle so hard, you might see Waz next episode in a Newcastle jersey. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah same maximum. Moment. <laughs> yeah, they got the vibe, vibes, man. Vibes FC. <laughs> All right. Moving on from the Prem, let's let's talk about a player that the Prem probably already misses, which is Sadio Mane, who also scored in his Bundesliga debut, which to me is insane, scored 29 minutes into the match. Here's the thing that I'm very impressed with by Sadio Mane. He exited Liverpool. Sorry, that had a <laughs> minor brain fart. He exited Liverpool in July of 2022. And he entered Bayern Munich by August and already scored his first goal. That's a one month period of leaving Liverpool, which he was at for six years and now going and transitioning into a completely different league and adapting so quickly. Like you can't even just talk about his physical skill, his, his football, IQ yeah, and how he's able to do that mentally is super impressive. Guy deserves a lot of credit. It, he was there for one month, comes out in his debut scores and was an integral part of the fourth and fifth goal too. So, you know, mad, mad props it to scary. Sadio Mane. It was scary that Bayern beat the Europa League winner 6-1. Yeah. Frankfurt won the Europa League and it's like, is, is, is the I, league I over? Bayern. Is Bundesliga done already? Is Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think, uh, how many teams are in Bundesliga? 18, I think. I think yeah, around there. There's two leagues in the Bundesliga. I think yeah. Leipzig drew their first game. It's Bayern Munich and then whoever wants to Dortmund for used second. to be. Dortmund's maybe still competitive, but I'm not too sure. But, but on a Sane, Sadio Mane thing, and I think even to like flip it onto a Bayern Munich perspective, like, him and Lewandowski are such different players. I know. Yeah. So to be able to figure out how to then manipulate Mane into the team whilst literally not missing a beat is inc- incredibly cool. impressive. Like right? they, they have obviously an incredibly talented team, but it's just a little different. Like, you know, like Mane isn't as physical and isn't as tall and like that kind of stuff. Like where he's just like more skilled on the floor kind of stuff kind of deal and like they're going to be they're going to be such a fun team to watch in the Champions League this year like they're going to be way more on the floor I think and like kind of in runs and all this kind of stuff like maybe a little bit like City I suppose with like the pace up front that they now have 
Like, I don't know. What do you think it was? Byron? Yeah. <laughs> They'll be Byron as usual, to be honest. There's no real... I don't know. It's because they, they've been kind of going through a weird transition with Lewandowski now, so... But, like, maybe a good... Sometimes change is good. And we'll talk nah. about Lewandowski here in a second. But... To Liam's point, he's not similar to Lewandowski in no, any capacity, but that change up top for mm-hmm. them could be really good, and we saw that I'm just against Frankfurt. I'm interested to see how they'll do in the Champions League. I think Bundesliga is obviously usually a lock for them. I mean, it has been for the past 10 seasons. So it's just yeah, how they – yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. And Alfonso Davies, my favorite left back in the world. I always get heat for that when I say that on social. Who's better? Cancelo, is- maybe? He'd be the uh, that's what everyone says. Yeah, I don't Kinsella's think, I don't think so either. Also, and let's talk about it. I got a bone to pick with Kinsella. Okay, let's hear it, well, Liam. The fact I he's love wearing it. Number seven now. I, that <laughs> don't get me started on the numbers. Was um, okay. So there was a point in the city game where I can't remember if he. I think he fouled somebody. I can't remember if a foul or a throwing. And he looked at the linesman and went like this and like <laughs> put it over his eyes as if say like you need glasses. Like man. What are you doing? Right. Like, you can't do it. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, if it's like, ah, it's funny. And then you're like, but man, like, there's so many people watching this. And I saw someone actually commented on the Neymar TikTok we put out. Like, uh, when I'm at practice, like, kids say, like, oh, he Neymar and stuff like that. It's like, ah. it's not a good representation for these young people who are watching the game yeah. being like, oh, now I can go up to the refs and say, like, oh, like, did you go to Spec Savers and get your no, you get sent off like that. that? Like, it's so yeah. unnecessary to do in a game and yep. I think as like a professional especially like when you play for City like you're almost guaranteed to win every game yeah. there's no need to like be petty calls and stuff like that but yes I think Alfonso Davies is probably the best in the world and Thank also like you. we've got to consider that like well, I'm he's just had a heart condition no I don't know I, I just like I, the, uh, Davies a little I bit stick more with da- here's the thing Davies and I don't want to say they're similar positions but he plays striker for Canada uh, left back for, for Bayern obviously Similar roles as a left back, you're up and down the flank, mm. your job's to cross the ball in. With Canada, he has, is more in a goal scoring position, mm-hmm. I'd say. But the guy's versatile. He's athletic as can be. He's like a monster. Very strong He's good at guys. defending. He's very strong, like t- exactly to your point. And he can finish. Played, uh, go played ahead. left wing for Vancouver as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's where he started. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anyone, when I think in terms of athleticism and power and even raw football talent, anyone who can really say that they are better than Alfonso Davies when he's on his A game. I think that if he's able to have a blowout World Cup, he's going to get way more respect than he's getting now. Yeah, I think the problem with Alfonso recently has just been injuries. Like, he's always had some some sort of injury yeah, or luck. the heart problem. It's just mm-hmm. bad luck and so hasn't skilled. been able to be consistent, right? And when he is consistent, I think he's one of the best in his position. It's it, There's no real left back with, you know, his kind of like frame or exactly it's like, yeah. he's athletic yeah, no, you no. look at him he's like he's deezed he's so strong he's i mean 22. a lot of people do like huh? 22 as well yeah yeah, yeah. He's young. Not old. oh yeah this is, that's my problem with football is that people think like a player's not gonna be there at their best because they didn't reach their peak by 22 you know yeah, everyone everybody thinks a footballer should be at their best by 22 23 yet like Lewandowski didn't break on the scene until he's like 25 that's such a good point like, i always um when i was growing up people would say oh this this player's so good good and I'm like football's different yeah. maybe than any other sport because if you don't with each year that you get older if you don't progress you're going to get left behind yeah and we see that a lot where young players are supposed to have this like blowout season because they had a blowout world cup or a really mm-hmm. good tournament and all of a sudden they kind of get left behind because they're not continuously growing and and working on their game or not necessarily working on their game because I'm sure they are, but they're not keeping up with the rest of the competition. Football's a different beast. Yeah. Was. I agree with you. Like, with that. Uh, I think an example would be Martin Odegaard because he didn't break out of Real Madrid and he was so hyped to be the next great thing. And then he comes to Arsenal. He's p- performing very well. And he's who, who was that guy on Mexico? Um, De Santos. Oh, Do you yeah, remember his yeah. World Cup? De Giovanni De Santos when he had a really good World Cup yeah. and then he went to Barcelona and you really never heard of him again. Yeah. And even I think uh, Carlos Vela is kind of like that yeah. too. Like, like he just never, never took off when he was in Europe and then he goes to the MLS and like kind of thrives a yeah. little bit. Um, I have an Alfonso Davies story if you guys want to hear yeah. it. Go ahead. So I ne- I've never met him, but um, actually I got two stories. Maybe I'll dive into the other one. It's about Michael Buble. We'll see. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so me and my buddy went to Vancouver. Well, he lives in Vancouver and we did a stadium tour and we were in the dressing room and this was Alfonso was still playing for uh, the Whitecaps. And we were going through and 
in the dressing room, there was nothing in, the, in anywhere besides a pair of flip-flops. <laughs> and on the walls, so in their dressing room, they have like the picture of the players in, in, the, in the stalls. Yeah. And I sat in Alfonso Davies' stall and I just kept looking at these flip-flops. I'm like, man, this guy's going to be pretty good. I like wonder if I should slip a flip-flop. <laughs> you slipped on his flip-flops. Oh, no, I was going to fl- slip him out of the dressing yeah, room. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, Liam yeah, yeah. just tried them on for no, a quick no, no, second. No. And I like said to my buddy, I was like, man, this kid's going to be like really okay. good player. I was like, we should maybe take a look at these. And then we didn't take them. But, and then like, a have. week later, he signed for Bayern Munich. I was like, damn. Damn, this opportunity. You could have been sitting on some yeah. money right now. Yeah, Liam. and I'm pretty sure they had like AD on the side Sick. or something like that. So would you have kept them or would you have sold them? I think I would have kept them as to you be should. honest, like because like you can't really prove it, put him, right? Put like, them like in a glass box, you know, like yeah. Like, but I, I feel like Alfonso Davies is cool enough that if you tweeted him <laughs> and told him, "Hey, I have your flip flops," he would have been like, "Ah, oh, I was looking for those or <laughs> yeah. something." And then all of a sudden, his uh, your stock in the flip flops goes up, and I think that Alfonso Davies in the next let's say six years, the next decade, stock's really going to go up because we're going to see it this year at the World Cup. I'm calling it, and then obviously in 2026. 2020. Yeah. So. Well, maybe we could have had a flip-flop collab. Could you imagine? True. So, uh, what would Alfonso, that look like? if you're listening, something to consider. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we would go red and red and white for okay. Canada and England. Nice. Yeah. And you what know? would your your stake in the collab be look mm. like? Well, I'd obviously be the the, the star. Not <laughs> Liam's uh, face is on the football. Yeah, yeah. Alfonso would be my manager. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. like, something. Maybe I'll write some notes down. Um, also, to add, I met Michael Bublé on that same trip. Oh, okay. Oh, Did you, you buy go. a lottery ticket? <laughs> Another missed opportunity, I, Liam. I was in. Um, Stanley Park and me and my buddies were sat on the bench and like, yeah, it's Michael Bublé. And we went over to him and we were like, hey, Michael, can we like we're friends? Can we grab a picture? And he was like, no, guys, sorry. I'm, I don't take pictures when, really? I, when I'm with my kids. Like, oh, oh makes sense. And we were like, okay, no problem. Like, thanks. He's like, no, no, no. But like, we can talk and stuff. Oh, so he like owns the Vancouver Giants or a WHL team. And like, we were talking about hockey and just like his music and stuff. And like, he Vancouver. seems so nice. And he was like, oh, that is He's so nice. He's so nice. Yeah, there you go. Nice. uh, Vancouver. Nice. Nice W from Michael Buble. Also W from Alfonso Davies saying he's going to donate his World Cup money to charity. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love that. He's a young. Okay, let's let's his age. He's young, but I feel like he's very mature and he has a very good perspective. Which is good. Granted his story being born in a refugee camp. He's been through so much. He's been through so much. Yeah. His story is insane. uh, And just how much he appreciates and you can tell how much of an honor it is for him to represent Canada and the gratitude he has to the country for helping him and his family, you know, change their lives. So him saying that and him doing that is amazing. I also think he's just a really good role model for young up and coming players who might have a similar situation. And for players that one day when they reach that level, maybe think about something different and something good that you can do with your money. Yeah, 100%. And it was cool to see him play in Edmonton. I think that's probably one of his highlights of his career, I'm sure, to play in his front. Oh, 100%. Sometimes. And get two wins. Like, yeah, it's a shame he couldn't score, but I know he was. it was awesome to see just the game itself and just see him on the field. And, like, he's definitely him. And, like, the rest of the game. Canadian players have brought a different perspective of Canadian football to everyone, you know? And, like, it's, it's good to see. And I'm hoping... Hoping, knock on, knock on wood, they can, they can make some noise at the World yep. Cup. Like, I don't even care if they, well, obviously I care if they make it to the next round, but like, even if they just perform well. I just want, I just want a result. Just give me a good see. result. I'm yeah. happy. I think they can do well. I think they will. And guys, we're going to do watch parties. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're super committed to the, to the results here for, especially for Canada. But mm-hmm. man, again, maybe Mark, man, Mark, Kevin De Bruyne and shut down certain players, maybe they might have to designate one player in their roster to do that. But, and no disrespect to Croatia and Belgium, but I really think Canada has a skill set that is unknown yeah, and talent that teams and managers may not know about. And that's going to be used to Canada's advantage. Plus John Herdman has a lot to prove. I think maybe he has a few. I, I wasn't a fan of John Herdman taking over the Canadian men's national team at the beginning, just of the way he transitioned out from the women's side. But I think he's done a solid job. And I think, he, again, this whole team top to bottom is going to surprise people. I agree. It's going to be very exciting. Okay. Lewandowski making noise with Barcelona. But man, anytime I talk about Lewandowski, 
you know, scoring his first goal, two assists uh, in Barcelona Stadium. Everyone's like, yeah, it doesn't matter because when it comes to La Liga actually starting, which is what next week, I think it's this August. Week, yeah, August 13th. Yeah. He's not going to play because Barcelona can't register yeah. and sign their players. What That's the hell is going on in mess. Barcelona? It's such a mess. Like, <laughs> and it just, I am glad that someone has stepped up and like shut this down. For Thank them. God. Like, it's just about time that somebody intervened with this and like, they're just going, it's, they've asked PK for another, to take another pay cut. Well, he did that last summer to get Memphis to pie. And now you want to sell Memphis to pie. <laughs> so why would he do it? They've asked Busquets. They've asked Jordi Alba. They've asked a bunch of guys. And now they're, they're telling Frankie de Jong, he has to take a pay cut. And then he said, no, but they won't sell him. And now they're telling him his contract is criminal. Uh. And all this stuff is like, these are your players. Like you sign these guys to these contracts. This is your fault. This is scary. And now here we are. Uh, what day is it? Tuesday. Yep. Uh, and six days away from the first game of the season. And you're not going to have Lewandowski, likely. Uh, disastrous, by the way. Yeah. Frankie Kessie. Like the three big signings you made this summer likely won't be playing because you can't figure out how to manage a team's financial statements. So is this like they can't play the full season? No, no, no. So okay, basically, I was say, I was like, this is- basically what's going to happen is, from my understanding, is... They're going to try and sell all these guys, by, but when they can't sell them, because everybody knows this is going to happen, they're just going to have to release everybody, it's and then they're all going to sign for free. Like, apparently, <laughs> Martin Brathwaite, who has two years left on his contract, who's not even a star at Barcelona, is basically told him to go screw themselves. They've not even given him a squad number, and now they're going to release him, and he has a deal signed, essentially, like, he has the paperwork apparently to sign a deal in Saudi Arabia to make the same money, but Barcelona's going to have to buy out his two years contract. Whether it gets figured out or not, or eventually figured out, the bottom line is it's messy and it's so dramatic that Barcelona of all teams, Xavi of all managers, <laughs> does not need this chaos right now. No, it's so disappointing. It is. And okay, you know what? When Lewandowski, when it was first rumored, remember at the beginning of summer that Lewandowski was going to go to Barcelona? Yes. I freaked out, by the way. I was like, it's time. No disrespect to the Bundesliga, no disrespect to Bayern Munich, but I've been waiting my life for Lewandowski to go to La Liga hmm. or, or the Prem. Yeah, just a different or league. Or the Prem. Yeah. Just leave Bundesliga. We know that he's definitely been robbed of one Ballon d'Or. Arguably two. Yeah, arguably I say two. two. Yeah. I say two and I stand firm on two. Messi fans, we can we can argue about it. But now he's finally getting that opportunity to play in Barcelona. He's not young. He's what, late 30s now? 34, I think. Mid 30s. He's mid 30s. He has an opportunity to do something with Barcelona. And we all know that if he's able to, he has a significantly higher chance of winning the Ballon d'Or. But if he, if it becomes messy, if there's drama, if there's all of this noise in Barcelona and he doesn't have that same opportunity. I'm just, I'm thinking if I'm Lewandowski, I'm like, who's in charge of my timing and what the hell is going on? Yeah, I'm with you. He's 32, by the way. 32, I just early 30s. But, he's 32? Yeah, so he still and has a lot of better time. Skincare. Oh, 100%. Yeah, better skincare. Better skincare routine. <laughs> um, I just, it's, like I said, it's disappointing that we won't be able to see this for a couple more weeks at least, you know, and I just- know. Just the connection him and Pedri were having in that yes. game was fun, and like Dembele seems to be picking up a little bit. And it's like it's kind of like the Holland thing. Is like we can get this with Barcelona right now, but Barcelona just <laughs> they can't figure it out. And it's I just want it so bad. Like I just want to see it, and I feel bad for Lewandowski because he pushed his way out of Bayern Munich, and rightfully so. Like I they agree. were looking for his replacements. Like yeah. this guy scored. 30, what is it, 34 goals, 35 I goals last season. I love to see like, what, what the behind the scenes was like with them. But yeah, yeah, and I, they were just like, he's not going anywhere. And it's like, you disrespected this guy by wanting to sign Haaland. And I get it. Haaland's probably going to be the next Lewandowski. But right now you have Lewandowski. Yes. Yeah. And he's scored... 34, 41, and 35 in the last three seasons. Well, this is what I mean when it comes to players versus clubs. Like, 
I sometimes, to my point last podcast, does Cristiano Ronaldo have a right to be selfish? In this situation, Lewandowski did have the right to be selfish because he's done a lot for Bayern Munich. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, Bayern Munich doesn't give two craps about that. No. If they want Haaland, then they can get Haaland. They're going to get Haaland and see you later, Robert Lewandowski. So the way it was handled, yes, controversial, but... If I'm Lewandowski, I'm taking care of myself. And if I have an opportunity to go to Barcelona, which let's be honest, is probably the most legendary club in the world. And one of, we'll say one of, the most legendary clubs in the world, go. And if it means winning a Ballon d'Or, which is probably the only trophy aside from, you know, a World Cup Mm -hmm. that is missing from Lewandowski's trophy case, Go do it, my friend. He may never win that World Cup. It's very unlikely to win that oh, World Cup with Poland. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a break it to you. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. I you know. know. So exactly, he's going to take the Ballon d'Or if he can do it. And, and I still think he has a lot left in the tank. People think Lewandowski is a write-off at this point. It kills I, me. Because I don't know why. He is, in my opinion, you know, one of the best number nines in the world. If not, it's pretty physical. It's not the best at times, right? It's always, I think the number nine conversation is always fluctuating. Yeah. More often than not, he is. But I think when it's fluctuating, it's always Lewandowski and somebody else. Benzema, Aguero, Flores over the years. That'll be fun to watch. Benzema Um, versus Lewandowski. I think, yeah, El Clasico is going to be fantastic. Uh, It's back. Benz, yeah. I found it interesting with Barcelona that this is really random, but Ricky Puj went to. LA Galaxy or what LAFC yeah. like oh, that. Yeah. He's like 22 and people are like, oh, what, what is this going on? Yeah. A young player going to MLS? This makes no sense. He's probably washed. People are going to no. start seeing it a lot more in Waz. We were on TikTok yeah, live people, talking about it. Honestly, people can't stomach the fact that like the MLS can become more of a power. It will hat, be. Like more of a... First of all. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, Liam, Liam what, do you, what do you think? Can the MLS become more attractive? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's so much room for growth. Um, I like the way the MLS... Also has an import thing, though, where they can't have too many non-American yeah, players or Canadian, Mexican, whatever it is. Um, but I don't see why not. Like, Toronto just made two big splashes this summer. Like, Insignia got his first goal this weekend, which was sick. Um, and, you know, even LA Galaxy, uh, what's the other, LAFC with yeah. Bale and Chiellini. Like, uh, Shakiri is playing in awesome. Chicago. Like, you're getting players coming over now who aren't just at the end of their careers. Like, granted, Chiellini probably is, but, like, this guy's now we were coming and he's attractive and I've voiced a few MLS games the last few weeks and it's fun. Like it, it is because the goal, like it's a little bit more adventurous. I find that like yeah. the, the defending isn't as good, which makes it a lot more exactly. chances to come, which I think is what makes it fun. But I, I, I don't think it'll be that long before people start looking at it and being like, okay, this is a legit league. Like even uh, Chicago fire just sold their goalie to Chelsea. I can't remember his yeah. name. I can't remember to say his name, but he's an 18-year-old goalie. He's he's really, really good. And, like, if Chelsea are coming in for you, then, like, teams are clearly looking yeah. at this league and being mm-hmm. like, okay, this talent here and getting players like the 22-year-old from Barcelona is only going to help the reputation of the league. Yep. My dad and I have had season tickets with Toronto FC since day one. So we've seen this league and even Toronto FC as a team um, – from the ground up. And it's been an unbelievable amount of growth. And I think that there is two times the amount of growth to be had, double the amount of yeah. growth to be had for, for MLS. And I think that they're going in the right direction. Uh, and I love it. I love it. And I'll, I'll share a story of, of one MLS moment that I was just watching. I'm like, this is exactly why I watch as a football fan. It was Toronto FC. They were playing Montreal impact at Saputo stadium, which is in Montreal. And one fan threw a cup of beer at Josie Altador <laughs> and Sebastian Javinko went up to that cup of beer, looked at the fan. I think he cheers them and he chugged oh the cup of beer on the pitch I love that. in the middle of the game. And I sat there, I was standing because I was working the game and I was like, I freaking love this. And we don't have enough of this in, in yeah. football overall that when you have players who come from, you know, you know, obviously Italy and, and wherever else they're coming from that come into MLS, they bring that spice. Yeah. They bring that flair. They bring that entertainment. They bring that joy that we see in Ibrahimovic European football. brought it for a bit. Oh my God. Yeah. Ibra in the MLS was everything. And if I could just, when he said that he was a Ferrari among Fiat's, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was it, one of the uh, biggest it, comments of all time. I just, I just found it funny because he's always about him. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go DMLS and dominate it. And like, <laughs> you didn't win the league though. Like, is MLS a little challenging? Little- my, I love him. My one bad thing about the MLS is, and I will stand by this, and I tweet about this once, 
the names of the derbies drive yeah. me nuts. Yeah. yeah. The El Trafico. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and there's the other, what's the other one to the, the Hell, Hellway Drive uh, derby or something like that? It's like Cincinnati. It's Columbus. weird. And the reason it's like that is because there's a sign between the two cities that just says like, welcome but, to hell or something like that. It's like, really? And the like, thing is, it's like. Do we need this? Football fans in Europe, they can't accept MLS. Like they, they can't give it any it. respect. They can't give respect to the supporters, the football. Oh, your chance to fight and win. Oh, so creative. Like they just think every app. Like I've, there's been some crazy MLS atmospheres, and people are like, nah, that's not good. It's better in Europe. I'm like, are you sure? Like it will take. It'll take time. It will take a Messi or Ronaldo going to MLS to change that. I hope so. I hope so. And I mean, we already heard rumors about 2023 Messi apparently going to take some ownership of Miami FC. Don't know if that's true or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Ronaldo and Messi and how iconic would be if they actually ended up on the same MLS team. You just never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that... MLS definitely deserves more respect. I think it's trending in that direction. And this is exactly what I said last episode of the podcast is why I always cheer for Canada and USA mm -hmm. uh, in the World Cup. Now it's the first time we can cheer for Canada. But the better that those teams do in the World Cup, the better it is for Major League Soccer. And I will always stand by that and for the youth growing up in in North America. Yeah, 100%. I think it's better for the game if the US is good. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Because they're going to pump money into it mm -hmm. so much and then you get more players like Christian Pulisic. Like yeah, Leeds Pulisic, just yep. signed like four American players. Yeah. Half the team's American now and like... <laughs> It's good to see that, like, those, even, like, the Robinson guy I mentioned before, he plays for team. No, I wonder, team I, I wonder if we'll see Giovanni Reyna move back to the MLS, move back to the U.S., because he hasn't really, like, exploded as a star in Europe yet. But isn't he only 19? He, he's still very young, but I feel like, i sure he's had some injuries, but he hasn't really, like... I, I think people were expecting him to be, like, the next star after Holland at Dortmund. And well, now it's well, obviously Jude Bellingham. And then it's, they, they have so many young players that they're going to just going to burst into the scene. So he's 19. He only played 10 games last season. I'm assuming through injury. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's a chance that happens, to be honest. Okay. Not, not right now. Like, I just, it just seems like such a massive step back for him. Maybe he would go on loan in a couple of years. But like right now, it, it just doesn't, like his stage is going to be the World Cup. Yeah, mm -hmm. like he now he has a platform too at Dortmund where he's like, okay, it's me and Bellingham, we're gonna run the show here, and like we're, yeah, obviously there's other guys around there, but like I just think it's more likely that I see him in the Premier League or on like a Real Madrid Barcelona or something like that. <laughs> I mean, he is in Germany, so why wouldn't he go to Bayern Munich? Like that's where everyone goes apparently if you play there. So <laughs> I just think it's more likely that happens and him going back to the MLS right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if eventually he made his way back. His dad yeah. played in the MLS for a long time. So, have you guys seen any MLS games live? I went to one. It was. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, you go. You were telling. Oh, uh, I was uh, 2019, the 90th minute guys and I. We went to um, LA and we watched them play New England Revolution because nice. Ibra played and Ibra scored a bicycle kick. And I think it was, just, it was. I think it was a draw. I can't. They might have lost. I don't know. He just left the pitch as soon as a whistle blow. I, he's like, <laughs> and he can do no wrong in my books. Yeah. Everything he does is gold. I uh, I went to one game. It wasn't an MLS game. It was the Canadian Cup final I think okay. it was yeah. when I was in Vancouver actually nice. and it was Vancouver versus I think it was Montreal it, I don't remember the score of the game it was fine like it was fun but that was like um, the reason I went was there was two old Bolton players on the <laughs> team Nigel Rio Coca and Andy O'Brien I think Rio Coca was on Montreal at the time mm -hmm. and Andy O'Brien was on Vancouver and it was good. I want to go see more, like, but I haven't made my way out to Toronto or anything recently. So I've that'd be that'd be where I wanted to go. Though. We got to do a kickback trip. Uh, I'm, I'm down. I'll show yeah. you guys the ropes, <laughs> and we'll take you to your first Toronto FC game. And what I will say about Toronto FC games is, people who don't even like football will go to watch those games because the atmosphere and the crowd yeah. is unbelievable. It's I've, just a really good time. I've noticed a lot of Polish players are moving to the MLS recently. Nice. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I was watching like Charlotte FC. They had two Polish players, yeah. and then I, I watched that guy. The other day too, he was good. Uh, yeah, he was good. Is he on our World Cup roster? Yeah, he scored. Hopefully, yeah, he scored in the Euros. I remember. Okay, good. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and then also it was Charlotte. No, the game Colorado versus New York. They had a Polish oh, player. Uh, I forget his name. He starts with a P, but he was a he was at Celtic for a bit. Oh, nice. And Celt he was supposed to be like the next Lewandowski. Everyone, I hate when the people do that. Hey, like people are like <laughs> Pedri is the next Iniesta. I'm like, yeah. no, guys. Yeah, nah, that's a that's a very very high 
praise. He wasn't on Colorado. I think he was, he was on, the, on the Red Bulls. Yeah. I don't remember many of the players. So, um, but yeah, I haven't been to an MLS game. Would like to go. Okay. So we're we're going to do stuff. a kicked back. tuned on that. Kicked back road trip. Vlog our entire spirits. <laughs> All right, guys. Next episode is on Thursday. Thank you for listening and watching. Two kicked back. Any types of comments, opinions, hot takes, crazy football stories that you want to share with us. We're all ears and we want to chat with you. So let us know and we'll see you in a couple of days. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 